one of the best ways to slow the transmission of the virus is if you find out early that somebody has contracted coronavirus, that that person and everyone in the household self-quarantine for 14 days, that that can significantly slow the spread and limit transmission. And to do that is going to require testing on a scale we haven't even begun to approach in the United States. Welcome to our ABC 10 News Coronavirus Impact Podcast. I'm Ben Higgins, and we're looking at the different ways the ongoing pandemic is having an effect on our community. We've heard a lot about coronavirus testing in the past few weeks. Perhaps you or someone you know has wanted to get tested but were turned down for one reason or another. In just a moment, we'll be talking to a local doctor and public health specialist who's working on ways to make COVID-19 testing possible without ever leaving your home and without a doctor or nurse coming to you. We'll also hear about preparations in local emergency rooms and where our health care system might be coming up short in the coming weeks and months. First, though, a look at some of the top coronavirus headlines for Wednesday, March 18. San Diego County is implementing new restrictions to slow the spread of the virus, banning all gatherings of more than 10 people and requiring all gyms and fitness centers to close their doors. Child care facilities and daycare providers are also getting new guidelines. Children should be cared for in stable groups of 10 or fewer, meaning the same 10 kids in the group each day. A third active duty Marine at MCAS Miramar has tested positive for COVID-19. He's now under home quarantine, and an investigation is underway to identify people he may have come into contact with. President Trump announced plans today to deploy two Navy hospital ships to help with the coronavirus emergency. That includes the USNS Mercy, which is homeported here in San Diego. Former 10 News reporter Bob Lawrence has been aboard the ship. It's a case of let's be prepared in case we really do need this. And in order to do that, you need lead time to get a ship like the Mercy ready to go. Bob says the Mercy isn't really equipped to handle infectious disease cases, but will rather be used to help treat other medical issues and take pressure off hospitals with rising numbers of coronavirus patients. Several San Diegans are facing charges for price gouging during the pandemic. Deputies in Fallbrook set up a sting and arrested eight people for selling everyday items like toilet paper and hand sanitizer at prices up to 20 times what they'd go for at a retail store. If convicted, the people charged face up to a year in jail. Seniors are among those most vulnerable to the coronavirus. We know that. 10 News reporter Matt Boone is checking up on San Diegans over the age of 65. Matt is here with an update on how they're dealing with the crisis along with the restrictions designed to keep them safe. Yeah, Ben, you'll remember on Sunday, Governor Gavin Newsom held a press conference, and that's when he announced that residents of California over 65, um, they were the first ones to get that order to basically self-isolate, which means they need to stay home and to not have any visitors. The only exceptions are obviously for food and medicine. Um, but with all these restrictions, with the changing of, you know, everybody else's lifestyle, it has put a lot of pressure on um, some of the seniors who are now even more isolated than ever. So the um, local governments, nonprofits, a lot of people are coming together to try and make sure that nobody falls through the cracks. Um, but it's been a big effort recently to try and make sure that seniors have what they need. How are the seniors that you've talked to been handling these past few days? Well, a lot of them um, were able to get, you know, a little bit of a head start. People have been aware of this for a while now, so they've kind of 
been able to stockpile with some resources, um, but making sure that they have continued access to food has been a big issue. There are resources. Um, the county is overseeing a lot of this. Um, anyone can call 211. That's the hotline they're directing everybody to, and they can put you in touch with someone to get you a uh, home-delivered meal, um, connect you with medical resources. This is actually for anybody in the county, but specifically for seniors 60 and older. Um, one of the other services is Serving Seniors. They're a nonprofit. They are doing direct home delivery meal services, um, breakfast and lunch, soon possibly dinner as well, Jewish Family Service, and Meals on Wheels, um, which also have done this in the past, are also involved in this operation um, to bring uh, food to seniors who are essentially isolated at home right now. Thank you, Matt. About 300 passengers from the Grand Princess cruise ship who were in quarantine at MCAS Miramar have been sent home. They're all from out of state and will finish their quarantines in their home states. Miramar says the federal government made the decision to send those people home via charter flight. And the San Diego casino business is getting ready to shut down. Local tribes jointly announced that Barona, Saquon, Viejas, Hamul, and Golden Acorn casinos will all close their doors beginning Friday at noon for the health and well-being of the community, their guests, and employees. The temporary shutdown will last at least through the end of the month. County officials said today that they are not in a position to test every person currently exhibiting coronavirus symptoms, including people with a fever and cough. It's one of the realities currently facing hospitals and doctors throughout the country and here in San Diego. And our guest today is a board-certified doctor of emergency medicine. She attended the Mayo Medical School and received her master's degree in public health from the University of Minnesota, worked at several hospitals throughout the Southwest, including Scripps and Sanitas. We're talking to Dr. Joy Hardison. Dr. Hardison, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on today. I know you also have your own private practice now, Healthtopia Clinics in Encinitas. What, what has this time been like, just first of all, for you personally, as a doctor, as this crisis has uh, unfolded? Well, I mean, on a personal note, um, I, I think it's important to say that I speak for myself as well as all of my colleagues, the nursing staff and physicians in, in hospital-based medicine. We are ready to serve. Uh, we are rising to the challenge here. And, um, you know, uh, of course, we're on the front lines and we're, we're dealing with sick patients and um you know, my family may be concerned about my exposure and things like that, but I'm taking all the precautions I need to take. And, um, you know, I am just glad that I can serve my community during this time. And I think everyone feels that way. I know uh, one of your specialties in digital health, uh, how, how does that relate to this uh, current coronavirus scare? Obviously, people are being told to stay home if they only have mild symptoms, contact their doctors remotely. What can you do as a doctor without being physically present with a patient? Well, it turns out that we can do a lot without being physically present with patients. And um, now there is a lot of technology that's readily available to physicians to be able to interface with their patients over video conferencing on secure platforms that are HIPAA compliant. So we're, you know, maintaining patient privacy. Um, and actually, as of last week, our office basically went strictly to telemedicine only, except for things like fractures or stitches, um, and we are able to screen patients and, you know, make sure that if someone's coming into the office that they haven't had a fever or cough so that we can keep the patients that do need to come in for other things uh, safe. 
and um, it's going really well. In fact, a lot of our patients, I think, might want to stick with the telemedicine even after the coronavirus uh, crisis is over because it's just so convenient, um, and we can basically accomplish the same thing through a digital uh, format. When it comes to actual testing for COVID-19 and the coronavirus, um, how, how is it possible for you to assist remotely if people are trying to administer a test themselves? And is that even possible right now? Well, uh, we believe it's possible. Um, it's, it's something that's new, you know, um, helping people collect specimens at home. I think that is something that is going to be happening more and more. Um, you know, most people, as, as we all know, most people who get the coronavirus uh, do not become so ill that they require hospital-based care. And um, right now, our healthcare system is doing the best it can um, with all the drive-throughs that you hear about and uh, testing in tents and things like this. Of course, you can still um, go through the regular emergency department and get care and get tested that way. Um, but all of those methods require human interaction, and we're practicing social distancing in other areas of our lives. But when it comes to medical care, um, for testing for the coronavirus, that you know hasn't been something that we've explored thoroughly enough, in, in my opinion. And so our clinic is actually piloting a program where we are using video conferencing telehealth platform to teach patients how to collect their own nasopharyngeal specimens. And so far, it's going pretty well. We've um, now, I think, accomplished, as of this afternoon, about seven or eight um, uh, ca cases of, you know, teaching people how to collect specimens at home. And we're waiting for the results. So um, we can uh, hopefully, you know, help offload our healthcare system and allow doctors and nurses to take care of the patients that are sick or that require hospital care um, by doing a lot of these um, tests in an outpatient environment or using telemedicine um, so that we don't have um, patients with mild symptoms flooding our healthcare system. We keep hearing about testing, testing, testing. As an expert in public health, if we're already practicing social distancing, uh, we're working from home, why is it important that testing continues to be expanded and we find out uh, as many, you know, as much information about who has this virus and who doesn't as possible? Well, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, the main reason for it is because people may have mild symptoms and not realize that they're actually sick. And even if they don't become significantly ill, they can transmit the virus to vulnerable populations like the elderly or people with underlying lung conditions or immunocompromised conditions. So, um, you know, we all still are going to have um, basic functions that we have to perform to survive, like going to the grocery store and getting gas and things like that, where we're still having some um, human interaction, but if if a patient knows that they um, have contracted coronavirus, it allows them to quarantine themselves at home. And some of um, some of the early data that I've seen coming out of Italy is showing that um, one of the best ways to slow the transmission of the virus is if you find out early that somebody has contracted coronavirus, so that person and everyone in the household self-quarantine for 14 days that that can significantly slow the spread and limit transmission. Now, you were telling me that uh, you actually still work as an ER doc uh, in rural areas that don't don't have access uh, to hospitals as easily as we might here in San Diego. That could put you on the front lines. How prepared are you, uh, are ERs in general, in your opinion, for what may still be to come here in the next month to two months? Well, I think, it, you know, in terms of, um, you know, just, skills and willingness and readiness um, and planning, um, we are prepared. But when it comes to supplies, 
Um, that is one of the biggest challenges that we're facing. We're running out of PPE um, across the board, in not just N95 masks, but also the surgical masks and gowns and, and uh, face shields and things like that. Um, now that testing has become commercially available through companies like LabCorp and Quest, we're doing more and more testing, which is great. However, the next thing that we're probably going to run out of are the actual swabs and the tubes um, for collecting the specimens. And so really, you know, it's the equipment that is limiting us um, more so than anything else. Obviously, people are thinking a lot about the coronavirus right now, as they should be. But um, other, uh, other illnesses, other um, diseases don't just stop. Uh, because the coronavirus has taken its impact. What, what's kind of the overall effect, the cumulative effect on our health system? Well, certainly, um, you know, we, we're going to need surge capacity. Um, I think we're just at the beginning of this, at least in our area here in San Diego. Um, but, you know, we do have plans in place um, for our local hospitals and, you know, obviously around the country um, to be able to ramp up staffing. And we have staff that are willing to work extra hours and cover for colleagues if they become ill. So from that standpoint, you know, we uh, we're doing the best we can um, on that front. However, um, you know, of, cor uh, of course, you know, we still have to take care of the usual volume. So we're asking that people who, you know, don't have an emergency condition um, try to get care through a telemedicine visit with their primary care doctor. Um, and we're also postponing all elective procedures. And that's actually been a mandate recently where basically, you know, if, if you're you know, having cosmetic surgery or something like that, or even if it's um, a procedure that um, is, is uh, necessary but not necessary to do right now, that it can wait, um, that we're trying to um, reschedule those at a later time uh, to help create more capacity within our healthcare system and take care of the people that are most ill right now. Before you go, uh, doctor, if you had one thing or just one message you wanted to get out there to your patients, to, to other patients, anyone who might be listening, whether they're healthy, whether they might not be feeling well, what's, what's the important takeaway here? I think the important takeaway is, um, uh, is that we're, we're all in this together. And the more that we can um, try to stay calm and have knowledge um, that allows us to make good choices, um, you know, the, the better off we're going to be. And so um, I feel like, you know, if we can um, work together to do more home testing um, and the, the people that have be, um, contracted coronavirus can self-quarantine, um, we can help to offload our healthcare system and, um, you know, keep, keep the community safe. And so I think that the, the main message is, you know, we're gonna be okay, we're gonna get through this. Um, uh, all of us uh, healthcare providers, we're, we're up for the challenge and um, we're here to support um, our community. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that we can find some creative solutions uh, that can limit the transmission and spread of this disease. Well, I just want to personally offer you and all healthcare professionals a big thank you at this time. And, and to you personally, thank you for spending a few minutes with, with our listeners to keep us informed. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Finally, I'd like to make it my new goal to wrap up our podcast with a little good news, even if it may seem hard to come by at times. Today, we're saluting the Padres, who say they've created a $1 million fund to provide financial assistance for game day employees at Petco Park, whose jobs have been put on hold due to the postponement of the Major League Baseball season. 
Each day, look to 10news.com and our social media channels for new Coronavirus Impact podcasts. And make sure to download the 10 News app for all of today's important stories, along with reports you'll only see on 10 News. As always, it's available to download for free at the App Store. That'll do it for today. I'm Ben Higgins. And remember, we're all in this together.